so how can I ride this energy? How can I do in the present moment riding all this energy? That's what we work on. And that's what I want to, that's what we all work on. doesn't mean the waves go away. You just get better at riding the waves. Right now in the world, big waves, big waves all over the world. COVID, all this stuff, big waves, right? And some people didn't know how to surf. Some people never been in the ocean. And these waves are just rocking. And so we just learn to ride them, to roll with them. That's flow. Like literally roll with, it. roll with the punches, roll with the waves. And then you learn to ride them. And in fact, if you learn to ride them, sometimes you can catch a pretty cool ride. A big waves, pretty cool ride, right? If you, if you learn to surf it right, you know? So that's the emotional intelligence, right? That's kind of what we're, those, these, these are the skills we're working on. Welcome, everybody, to the Mental Skills Dojo podcast. I am so excited today to have Graham Beshart on the show. Graham is the number one mental skills coach in the world. He's worked with some of the <laughs> best, including Aaron Gordon since he was 13, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, just to name a few. He's been the creative force behind so many groundbreaking mental skills creations, including an app, a book called Play Present, which I highly recommend to everybody. And most re recently, he's co-founded TrainTheMind.com, where people can find elite mental skills training from some of the world's best mental skills coaches. Graham, a.k.a. Graham the Guy, um, he also makes and performs motivational music, some of the most powerful and profound experiences that you'll have listening to music. So you guys are in for a big treat. Graham, welcome to the dojo. <laughs> Keith, I'm honored to be in your dojo, man. And I remember a while back, a few years ago, when you were talking about creating this dojo. I was like, you are on it. Keep building that. Um, that was also the best intro I've ever had, man. That blew me away. Thank you for that. I felt super honored as you were saying all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, grateful to be here. Let's have some fun, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So let's start with the pandemic and all of the difficulties that it started, yeah. it's, um, especially the, the youth. Schools shut down, courts shut down, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of suffering, depression rates. Um, there are a lot of youth athletes in particular that uh, suffer, and I think the tendency is to suffer in silence. Yeah. Know that you were one of those youth athletes. So could you share a little bit about your background and how you got inspired to do the work that you do? Yeah. You know, and I, I see so many kids out there, they're just so anxious all the time playing sports, worried about results, worried about if they're going to get a scholarship or what's going to happen. They feel like everything is on the line. It's just like do or die. And then by the time they're like 17, it's like they can barely even take it. It's like the whole thing becomes like almost like a job. And I'm seeing it's almost like a we have a pandemic going on and then we've had this sports pandemic going on for quite some time of like kids are really anxious and not really feeling sports much. And I've been doing mental training for almost 20 years now. It's just a trend I've noticed. I'm like, so many of them come to me and so much of our work, Keith, is learning to be present, not anxiously worrying about the future. And then learning to go to realize, wait, I'm a human being choosing to play sports. I'm not a basketball player. I'm not a baseball player, right? So I got started in this because I was that kid needed going through the same stuff. I was 14, 15 years old, you know, playing high school basketball, didn't want to make mistakes, was worried about being perfect, didn't know how to be uncomfortable, didn't even know the present was a thing. You know what I mean? Reliving the past all the time, just kind of really 
almost felt like a relief when the game was done or when, when we would win, I would feel a relief. It wouldn't really feel good. Um, and I had some cool experiences. I mean, I, I love sports, but I would notice this, tr this trend, this anxiety, this worry. And by 19, my first year of college, I couldn't take it anymore. And after, uh, spring, I finished playing basketball, Cabrillo JC. And I reached out, was like, I need help. Like this anxiety is crushing. And I reached out, got some help, got introduced uh, to a really good counselor in San Francisco. She taught me what being present was, how to meditate, uh, how to journal, the power of affirmation, your self-talk, like all this stuff. I just, it was running wild. I was like, oh, I got to start to train this, right? I got to start to like get disciplined this. So that's how I got into it. That was 1997. And I've never looked back. And now in 2021, yeah, we got trained the mind going. And my goal now is 1 million minds. All those kids that are there now who don't have access, I want to get them all access to mental training. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel so motivated these days. And it's, for me, it's beautiful to see it come full circle to something I knew I needed as a teenager. And now in my mid forties, I feel like I can finally service that need well, you know, and help kids, you know, mm -hmm. do that. So they have these tools, Keith, you know, and it's just like anything else. You can practice it. It's not like it's a quick fix. But if you can introduce it when they're teenagers, even younger, man, what a way to do it. So I got introduced to it at 19. I feel like I was super lucky. I looked around. Not too many people were doing it, let alone in 1997. I got introduced to it, I mean, re real, honestly, by like hippies. This wasn't even like sports psych. So I was like, no one's even going to believe me anyway. They all think this stuff is hooey and weird. I knew, how, I knew it wasn't. I knew how powerful it was. So then my, I set up on my mission to go teach basketball players this stuff. You know, nice. yeah, and uh, met like you said, met little Aaron Gordon when he was thirteen. Got to meet Carl Anthony Towns when he was sixteen. Worked with him a little bit as a teenager. Same with Ben Simmons. You know, most of the pros they were teenagers when I connected with them. And all I tried to do was plant the seed for mental training. That's all I tried to do. Wasn't like they were asking for it or bet. You know, these Carl Anthony Towns. That dude was like six ten and could run fast and jump high. Most of them are like, we don't need mindset. And I would be like, cool, cool, cool. Still, let me just teach it to you real quick. Just mm -hmm. make sure I got it because they do. Whether or not yeah. you know it at that age, you're, most of the time you don't know it at that age. It can be difficult, you know? Um, so my work is proactive. Get it to them before they need it. Help them practice it. And I've been doing it for a while now, you know? And that's how I got into my career. And, and people ask me all the time, like, how do I work with NBA players? And I say, the way I got to the NBA is I focused on helping Aaron Gordon get to the NBA. Mm. So help to help someone else win and the most amazing things happen to you. So that was always my energy is how can I help someone else do it? And, the, and that's sharing, that's giving, that's abundance. And the more you do that, it's, that's the, that's a fun, fun wave to ride, <laughs> mm. you know? So um, yeah, that's how I got in. That's how I'm here. Basketball was calling me. Now I find myself just really building, training the mind and wanting to grow that because that means I'm helping kids. And if I can start with getting a million kids on there, uh, uh, I think I'm doing my job, you know, then I want to get to 10 million kids and I'm going to be asking for help. I haven't asked for help at any point in my career yet with something like this. I'm asking for help for everyone now, like, because we have to get it to kids. You can't wait till they're in a crisis. That's way too late. This is like, you got to make them have it and they're not going to reach out. They're not going to ask for it. It's like most little kids don't ask for vegetables. You know what I mean? You kind of have to like give it to them. And then later on in life, they'll be like, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of mental training. Most kids aren't going to ask for it. I mean, Aaron Gordon is gifted mentally and loved doing this stuff. And even him, I had to stick with him. He was like, took him four or five years to even believe that it was real. 
You know, same with Jalen Brown. You know, he was like, man, the first four or five years I was listening to you, but I didn't really believe you, Graham. I didn't know what you were even saying. And then all of a sudden he's 20 years old in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. And he's like, oh, this is real. <laughs> they find my breath. <sighs> I got to be in the present. You know, and then you start working. All those tools kick in, you know. So thank God we had done our work earlier. Right. That's proactive mental skills training. So that's how I got into it, Keith. That's my philosophy. Here I am, man. Just serving. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Making a huge impact. And I know that it wasn't um, always easy because, uh, old, uh, you know, I'm not really sure if this is working or, or when you're being told, you know, maybe there wasn't necessarily a field when you started and you're kind <laughs> of fail. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of doubters. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people thinking that you're crazy for going and blazing this trail. So like what, what gave you the courage to pursue this? Man, really, uh, it was being connected to a calling, man. And I truly believe everyone has something inside of them calling them. Oftentimes, it's terrifying to even acknowledge it because maybe your parents said, don't follow your heart. And you, like maybe your calling's art, right? And then you heard someone say, get a real job. And you heard that one time and you were like, oh, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to follow that. So you kind of numb that a little bit. And a calling doesn't mean it's so obvious. You can just, it's like a faint feeling of like, I feel like I want to go try that. Like there's something joyous there. You, you simply follow that. I, that's all I was doing was trying to follow it. I faintly understood it was sports. So when I was a teenager, I had a calling that was like, I clearly want to do something in sports. I could kind of sense that's what I wanted to work in. And I kept exploring it. Um, I thought it was sports law. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll be an agent. Because I like to talk, communicate with people. Agents are helping people out. I was like, let me go check that out. I went and interned with someone for a while and realized that's not it. This isn't quite exactly how I want to help. Then I found sports management. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll be like in the front office or do, I can help be an athletic director or something like that for kids. And I went and checked that out. Wasn't quite it. And then a Donald Foyle was like, have you heard of sports psychology? Hmm. And as soon as he said that, I was like, bing. And I was like, that's it. That's the one. And this is, I quit my job. Because I had tried all these other things and they weren't there. Then I went back to fitness, which was my go-to. I was selling gym memberships. And Donald Foyle was working out in the gym. You know, He played for the Warriors. And he was like, have you heard of sports psych? And I was like, that's what I've been looking for. And he, you know, I, could, phew, I felt it resonate in my body. And I had been searching for years. So you have to work to find your calling. You can't just sit there and be like, what's up? I don't know what to do. Put yourself out there. Get rejected a whole bunch of times. Go out and try stuff. Be like, damn, that's not it. Good. You're getting closer to what it is. You got to put yourself out there. I put myself out there ruthlessly. So it looks like you're failing the whole time, but you got closer to what it is. Then I found what it was. I could, you'll feel it. It just resonates inside of you so strongly. So then I quit my job, went to do it. And then going back to how was I so courageous to do this? I could feel it so strongly in me. It wasn't even courage to follow it. I was like, courage would have been to not follow this. That would have been because that would have been insane. And that's why I want to encourage everyone. You have it in you. Keep checking it out. If you go against it, it it's like it's, it's like you're numbing your own life. And it's mm. terrifying, right? Because following it, what are all the stories? If you follow your heart, you won't make any money. It won't work. You have all these things. None of that is true. But you have to go explore it to go see it. I simply was like, what life do we have following something that we're not called to do? What is that? And I was like, that's trash. 
So I was like, I'd rather be whatever. What's the fear? You're broke, miserable. I don't know. You don't have a family. I'd rather like follow what I love and, and go see, fall flat on my face and be homeless than not follow what am I love. So that's how I talked myself into it. The stigmas, I was like, the stigmas I didn't care about because that's like someone saying to you, hey, man, lifting weights is, is terrible. It makes you weaker. And you're kind of like, what? Like, you'd be like, uh, no, that's not true. People would be like, oh, mental training, that's soft. And I was like, uh, no, I'm just going to play this out for a while and honestly whoop your ass because a lot of people needed to see it. They don't, they have no idea. So you have to kind of whoop their ass. So I didn't even feel that bold. I knew what I had. I knew what I'd been taught. And I looked around and realized no one else had been taught it. So then I thought this, you better share it. You better share it because you have something that clearly is not normalized yet. So that's when I went through basketball, started teaching through basketball. And I loved every second of it, even though friends of mine would be like, man, you're not making any money. Nothing's happening. All, like you're running a debt. And I was like, don't call it a debt. Call it an investment. I'm investing in what I love. This will compound every year. In about 10 years, if you're not following what you love, you're going to look at your life and hate it. In 10 years, I'm going to stick with it and say, look what I've done. And I'm just getting rolling. And it's going to compound like interest. Energy is like interest. It compounds. So if you bet on the energy that's infinite, you have to search for it, right? You have something inside of you you want to do. You got to search for it. But if you find it, then you bet on it. You might be broke for a while. You might, your parents might think you're weird. You might go through a bunch of stuff. But if you stick with it, you're going to be rich. And I mean that on every level of wealth, inner wealth, following your love, outer wealth, money, Bitcoin, whatever your house is, whatever you, whatever you think that is, you'll have, the, you'll have it all. And the people at first will say, what are you doing? They'll think you're crazy. And then a couple of years in, they'll say, wait a second, how are you doing this? And then a few years after that, they'll be like, go, keep going, baby. Yeah, we're your biggest fan. And you'll be like, wow, that was the person initially that was like, what are you doing? You're full of shit. And so you have to trust your path. Or you don't. That's why, or, or don't, Keith. Don't trust your path and go live a miserable life. And, and you know it. And I say that to try to wake you up. Don't sleepwalk through this world and not follow that magnet inside of you. It's there. It'll guide you exactly what to do. I have a Hall of Fame mental training career, and I didn't plan any of it. All I did was show up and listen to the thing inside of me. I was bold for 10 years. Then you're an overnight success. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, all you have to do is you have a navigation system inside of you that'll guide you. You just have to connect to it. I got lucky and really locked in with it when I was, like, young and had to connect to it at 19 because I wasn't. So my navigation system is there. And then I was like, just do it. What else? I mean, what, cause what else are you going to do? So here's what, here's what it comes down to, too, to answer your question. How do you be bold enough to do it? If you follow your heart, it's hard. If you don't follow your heart, it's hard. So they're both hard. There's no easy way. So since you know, they're both hard, do the one that wins. You know what I mean? Do the one that 10 years from now compounds, do the one that means something to you. They're both hard. Right. Uh, this is me being real. Being overweight is hard. Being in shape is hard. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, you know what I mean? Being overweight is hard. It limits all kinds of stuff you do in your life. You feel sick. All kinds of things happen in your life. It's, it's challenging. Being in shape is hard. You got to do all kinds of stuff. I got to eat. I got to do all this stuff. Right? So since you realize in life, there, it's, it's always, it's a difficult thing. Choose the one where the back end is phenomenal. 
Mm-hmm. So following what you love is difficult. And then you start to go, wait, this is awesome. though, Because, mm-hmm. and then after a while it works and you're like, this works. And now you're interviewing me and I don't know where you got me like this. You're the number one guy in the world. I'm like, man, I didn't say that. And I'm just <laughs> like, you just, that's service. That's whatever had a code inside of me. I, I, what I take credit for is serving it. I devoted myself to it every day, Keith, every day. It will unlock the pathway for you. And you feel it. You feel, everyone feels. It. Don't deny that you feel it. Maybe you go, maybe I didn't listen to it. Maybe I didn't listen to it for whatever reasons. You know, it's always there. You can always hear it. And the way I really tricked myself into doing it was saying both ways are hard. So why not do the one that the back end could be awesome? There's yeah. no easy way, Keith. There's no easy way. You think avoiding being vulnerable is easy? Avoiding being vulnerable is so hard. It's going to make your life so difficult. Being vulnerable is hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to make your life nice. <laughs> so either way, you got to deal with some stuff. Which one do you want? Like avoiding working out is hard. Working out is hard. But if you go work out later on, you, you go, I feel, I feel pretty good. Avoiding working out later on, you're still dealing with shame, regret, all these things, all these challenging emotions. You're like, it's actually harder to not work out than it is right. to work out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You may not know it, but it is. But it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you talked about um about how much failure, like how many times you had to face failure. And I know that this is something that uh, really resonated with me and talking to you over the years. It's like uh, failing better. <laughs> like you, you, t- uh, you tell Aaron Gordon, Hey, I fail better than you, you know, just, <laughs> but like, can't, how can you fail better? You know? And so could you talk a little bit about like yeah. what that means to fail better? It's a tremendous self-compassion for yourself. And you wouldn't think this is a cutthroat killer skill in a competitive environment, but when you have empathy and compassion for yourself, it allows you to gracefully move forward quicker Because what happens when people make mistakes? They beat themselves up, Keith, right? They're hard on themselves because they think they're not supposed to make mistakes or being hard on yourself means you care more or something like that. Um, So the way you fail better is you go, you work on your grace when things don't go your way. Mm -hmm. You work, how much poise can I have moving forward? And then you also reframe failure. I'm on my, Train to Mind is my fourth company. It's every company I've built technically stopped but then it led to the next company so i look at them all thank god i'm on my fourth company because this is how i've learned this is how i've figured out how to make training my work i was with lucid before you know what i mean and we had millions of dollars poured in we had all kinds of stuff happen i learned from that before that i had a guy living in my garage who's trying to help play present become something and it got acquired by a tech company before that it was me and my wife and i was running gb performance coaching didn't even have a book didn't have nothing so technically, each company didn't make it. But now I'm sitting here with Train the Mind, with 500 pieces of content, relationship with the Spurs and Arsenal. We're in our fourth year of business, like just about to take off. So I kind of look at it. Did I fail? Did I really fail? No. No, there wasn't. The only failure would have been I didn't try to start these businesses. That would have been the only failure. Um, so you have to reframe. I only use failure because that's the word people use in, in the English language. I really don't think I ever failed. There's literally no failure here on earth. You're all going to pass. <laughs> and I mean that well, bro, everyone's going to die. Like everyone passes. Everyone, everyone moves on. There's, what, what's a failure? Like it's 700 years from now, if your life impacts 
like 12 billion people in a way that you can't even comprehend on this earth right now? What is, what, what is failure? What? You're, you fail? You didn't throw an orange ball through an orange cylinder? You think that has any impact in the billions of galaxies that exist? You think that means anything? No. Now, you can, so you can call it failure. But to me, the only failure is you don't experience what life is. You don't have a willingness to, you know, so all your little falling downs and trippings, it helps you learn. What's failure? What is that? You know what I mean? Like, but we're, it's so hardwired in our culture here in the U.S. We get devastated by this idea. We've got to be perfect. And we're comparing ourselves to other people. Yo, no, don't make, did you imagine us yelling at a baby learning to walk? And we're like, don't fall down. Now, how's it going to learn to walk? Like, that's how crazy we are. Yeah. So, um, you got to, I, I give myself permission to fail miserably. I'll be like, go ahead. If you want this to be miserable, let it be miserable. If you want it to be the most awesome, let it be awesome. I let go of the math. And so my mantras are, I don't get caught up in results and outcomes. You want to become a presence, Keith. That's the only thing that's real. Have you become a presence? Have you enhanced your consciousness? Are you more aware now than you were before? That's real. You want to get so potent in the present that your presence is so strong that people have felt your transformation. They feel your transformation. You can sense. You can be around people and feel their energy. You know it. It's contagious. That's real. So we're, that's, we're here to enhance our life experience and, and, and experience the totality of what we're capable of. What if right now my, my hand just socked myself in the face right now? You'd be like, what would you call me? You'd be like, man, what's wrong with that dude, right? mentally you know what we're doing all the time punching ourselves in the face it's like the most powerful tool we have is the we, we do curls we go to boxing classes we do all this stuff never have we trained this people walk around doing this to themselves mentally all day long all day long what do we call someone punching themselves in the face keith you don't need to say the word but we, we say some wild words to someone who's doing that mentally those are the words that's what I sense with people walking around is punch themselves in the face all day mentally because we've never, tra we've never trained the greatest technology in the world. I'm on a phone right now talking to you, but what made this a human being? It's the single greatest technology we have as a human. We don't even know how to operate. So we got trained. We got to practice, right? We got to look at your experience last couple of years. You got to lean into this stuff. You got to know how to get access to your higher states of consciousness, how to get access to your highest intelligence, because in there, all things are possible. 10,000 years ago, if you told like a caveman or whatever, I don't know, whatever it was, you're like, hey man, uh, we're, we're gonna make airplanes one day. They'd be like, you're crazy. Like that's so crazy, it's not even real. Clearly it was always possible, we just weren't close. So when me and you are talking on a phone, how the hell are we talking? You know what I mean? Years ago, if you told someone, man, we could be on different parts of the earth and talk to each other through these little devices, they'd be like, that's insane but it's all real. So we're capable of doing some profound stuff. Um, we're going through a lot of stuff right now, transition wise, COVID, everyone's uncomfortable these days. Good. Let me just be, let me just say that good because what this is doing is forcing everyone to get real and forcing everyone to do the inner work. Everyone thought they were safe before had no idea how to deal with anything inside. So the, something goes wrong outside, they self-destruct. So right now is a great time for people to become aware, right? become more conscious, be willing to do the work. Whole bunch of stuff is going on, but it's all an opportunity to point in and do that. That's how I see it. So for me right now, this time's pretty, pretty cool time. 
first 17 years of my career weird because people thought I was weird. I knew what to do. Now, Keith, everything's flipped. Mental game is here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm like, oh, it's here. Whether you like it or not, it's here because everyone's getting crushed mentally. So it's like, you better be doing your work now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people are in the gym doing like their first push up. They're like, well, this is hard. It's like, cool. If you practice it though, soon enough, you'll be doing 10 push ups. You know how it is. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, I got 30 push ups in. And then a year from now, you're like, I love working out. Mm -hmm. Mentally, that's what we can all do right now. You know, that's why, in a weird way, I'm thankful for this time because it forced everyone to come into this space. You know, so this was going to happen one way or another. You had to become aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's here. <laughs> I remember, um, you, you know, you're, you're talking about the inner work. And uh, I remember the first day I met face to face, um, I was actually wearing this shirt. Uh, we were Aaron <laughs> Gordon. And I, I, I remember opening up to you about um, how earlier in that morning, you know, I'd been going through some stuff and I felt a lot of stuff that was kind of uh, hard to access before that morning. And, and as I meditated and became still with it, it it started to kind of move through me. And, and, um, and I remember you telling me that, um, that's, that's the work to, to feel what you're feeling basically. So, um, you know, as we're, as we're going through all of this discomfort and, you know, and we're going inward, do you have anything that you, what advice would you give people yeah. on leading them down that path? We'll start with accepting the responsibility. You know, like to take the responsibility for your own inner journey, your own work. I think a lot of people get tricked into thinking it's a passive experience or something else, like something outside of you has control of you. I think the first thing is recognizing, no, I want to take responsibility for how I respond to all this stuff going outside of me. So you have to want to do it. Keith, there's a famous riddle that says, you know, how many, how many mental coaches does it take to change a tire? I don't know. The tire has to want to change itself. You know what I mean? Like that, it don't matter if there's a whole bunch of people. So the start is, do you want to take responsibility? That's the start. If you're not, if you don't take responsibility, it's just going to feel like mayhem to you. Like absolute, because you're giving away your power. Like it's not me, it's something outside. You got to be like, wait a second. Okay, let me take responsibility. So you start with, you literally start with your intention. Like, let me own this. Let me look at this as an opportunity to grow and learn. Because that, that your intention is powerful. Then from there, do a little bit of work every day. You know, you, you start putting, think about your journey. You're, okay, let me, let me see if I can get a, a 10 minute meditation in today. Start there, right? Just start there. Just close my eyes and get some work in and know it's kind of in. Just see how you feel after that. You know what I mean? I'm mean, clearly, I've built trained the mind to help in this moment, right? There's 500 workouts on there from one minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes. So simple, so easy. You just go on it, hit the gym, get some advice, apply some of the wisdom to your life, and things start to get better. You know what I mean? So that you start by reaching out, starting to work on yourself. Check out Train the Mind if you want. You can go on YouTube, look for meditations. You just start. Read a book. Start exploring information. Maybe it's a good time to re reach out to a therapist. Finally put some work in. Reach out to a mental coach. Join the dojo. You know what I mean? Like put some intention to, to, to starting to put the work in. Like if you were like, hey, I need to start working out. We might say, okay, go walk around the block to start. That's a good start. Then tomorrow, maybe we uh, walk around the block twice. You know what I mean? So just start with like, I need to do something internally. This inner stuff is working. Trainthemind.com is there. has endless at, uh, resources for you. You can read a book. 
George Mumford wrote a book called The Mindful Athlete. Great book to start to start to build your awareness of doing that. Uh, I wrote a book called Play Present. That's another start for you to give you some tools to practice. And then Keith, you practice being where your feet are. You look down at your feet. You say, my feet are here. I got to be here. You find your breath. Take a breath. You kind of practice that throughout the day. And also mental stuff. This is not just your mind. You cannot just eat like shit and not exercise your body and think you could be like mentally good. Everything is tied together. What I do every day is I move my body and get a good sweat. That's the foundation for me connecting with a good emotional state. And that allows me to be more committed to being the present. But absolutely, you got to get into your body. Do some exercise. Move. When someone's really depressed, some of the first solutions we offer them is to take a walk. And just by moving their body, they're like, okay, things are, I'm still going through my stuff in life, but I, I'm creating some good energy. You start to get some endorphins going. They just help you a little bit. So you've got to exercise, Keith. That's an that's a easy way to start this. And then think, let me do a little meditation. We'll do a little one for all your listeners out there. Maybe we can send them an MVP or something, you know, send them something they could check out. Just something short and sweet. I made these little meditations. They're like 10 minutes long with beats behind them. And I've noticed people feel better kind of right away after listening to them. So I'm like, there's a start, you know. Um, but it starts with intention and going in. And then it becomes what you do every day, you know. But just the intention of wanting to get better, you're already on the right track. When you're like, no, I need help. I want to get better. I want to take care of myself. I'm ready to be responsible for that. Then all of a sudden, resources are going to start to come your way. If you're like, it ain't me. I can't do the shit. It's not me. It's not going to happen. Right? You got to be like, no, I am. I, yes, I want to take responsibility. That is me. I would like to take responsibility. Not even sure where to start, but I'm just claiming that in the universe. That's your start. Teachers show up when the student is ready. I don't even know how to explain that. But when the student is ready, there's just the teacher show up. Just like in most crazy ways. <laughs> you know, I had to ask for help to get this, dude. I had to be like, I don't feel good. It's not working. Something's happening. I, I want to get better at this. So I, I asked my mom, mom, the hell do I, what do I do? She goes, I know somebody. Great. Went, paid my 150 bucks, did a session, right? You know, I was like, seemed like a lot of money. And then after I was like, damn, that was worth it holy cow that's actually cheap for what i'm getting holy cow you invest in yourself you're gonna have to do it you don't have 150 bucks which is somewhere around where most some of this work cost you can find other resources you can find a book online go to trainthemind.com we charge nine bucks a month if you can't do nine bucks a month keith i don't know shit tell him to hit me we'll figure something out you know you have to invest in yourself this this takes a commitment right Think about if it's free. Do you care about anything that's free? No. It's got to be real for you. It's got to be like, no, I, I care. I got to do it. So start there. <laughs> and then you, then you start getting all the books, read books. You start like, I've got so much great therapy in my life, marriage counseling, all this stuff, man. And, and, and come, you know, I have peers that help me. I got a lot of great therapy friends. So I can get great therapy. I can do my work. I can get counseling. I can get coached. You start, you start to like, build resources around you. You need help. We all need help. I'm a, like you said, maybe a, one of the better mental coaches in the world, or I've been at it for a while. I need tons of help, man. So that should help everyone out there. No, this isn't like you're just doing it by yourself. You have people help you, but you got to ask for help to start. Right. You can't be like, I'm fine. And you're like, I'm really not. You got to be like, okay, I need some help. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden stuff gets better, much better, like much better. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to tell you that, um, uh, one song in particular that really resonates with me is, um, Elevation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, what it is about that one, but, um, it gets me calm and then present and, and then it really gets me into whatever is kind of stuck inside. And then I, I could really feel it. And you're like, you, you guide me right through like this last storm that you didn't want to go through. But then, you know, here we go. And you're okay. Baking and everything. It's crazy forces, but you're okay. And then afterwards, like, you know, I, I just feel a lot more uh, liberal, free, open. So, Keith, thank you. all we're learning to do essentially, of course, man, all we're learning to do is surf the waves of life. And what I mean by that, notice when you wake up, there's different energy every day, right? Some days feel heightened. Some days there's low. It's like literally like the ocean where you're like, wow, there's big waves during a storm. And some days it's flat. And there's no waves. What we're trying to get better at in the present is riding these waves. All my feelings are coming up. Okay. I got to feel my feelings. How can I ride this emotional wave right now and not get rocked by it, thrown off, not try to deny it, push it down because it's here. How do we kind of ride this? Because guess what? It's going to pass, right? They all pass. They pass. But how do I not get stuck here? How do I not suffer and be stuck? You're going to feel some stuff. Suffering is like prolonged state. We're like, I can't get out of this place. I'm just suffering, suffering. You don't have to be in that loop. So we learn. We're learning to ride these waves. So people can just kind of visualize, I can ride waves. I can ride energy. And some days there's big energy. Let me see what it's like if I can ride these waves. Especially as an athlete, right? You're like, okay, what's it like when a game comes around? There's way more energy in a game than there is practice. It's the same game, same hoops. What's the difference? Big energy. So how can I ride this energy? How can I do in the present moment riding all this energy? That's what we work on. And that's what I want to, that's what we all work on. doesn't mean the waves go away. You just get better at riding the waves. Right now in the world, big waves. Big waves all over the world. COVID, all this stuff, big waves, right? And some people didn't know how to surf. Some people never been in the ocean. And these waves are just rocking. And so we just learn to ride them, to roll with them. That's flow. Like literally roll with, roll with the punches, roll with the waves. And then you learn to ride them. And in fact, if you learn to ride them, sometimes you can catch a pretty cool ride. You can, uh, big waves, pretty cool ride, right? If you, if you learn to surf it right, you know? So that's the emotional intelligence, right? That's kind of what we're, those, these are the skills we're working on. So, yeah, Hell yeah. Um, I remember you, you talk about uh, pressure is joy. And um, and it's kind of like what you're saying, like some of these big waves are pretty good rides. Yeah. You ride them right. So and I'm not uh, trying to de deny like clearly if you feel anxiety or worry, I'm not saying that's joy. We're not denying that. But we're saying eventually you're like, OK, if I can ride these, gain some skills, I work through the anxiety, the worry, the depression. The energy's here. There's going to be big energy. In fact, this, this is joy. You know, looked at a certain way. You get into it, you can do the most profound things with it. You can get to the higher state of consciousness. You can tap into a, a zone that's the most pleasurable thing you've ever experienced. You know what I mean? But so I'm never trying to say, like, deny, like, someone's like, I'm nervous. I got butterflies in my stomach. Oh, my God. I'm not saying that's joy, right? We all know that experience is rough, but you can learn to reframe it and say, what if instead of calling this anxiety, what if I just called it energy? What if I started there and said, okay, with all this energy, what do I do with it? 
Then we start to work with the energy. Maybe it does become joy, but there's levels to the game, right? The first level is, I mean, I feel anxious. This ain't cool. What do I do with it? And eventually you're like, well, I've learned to ride that wave. I can turn it into big joy, actually. Because in big pressure moments, isn't that when the best performances can come out? Isn't that where we like see diamonds being made? Isn't that where we see the most amazing things happen? I mean, childbirth alone is the most pressure-packed shit I've ever seen. That's the most amazing stuff I've ever seen happen, ever, when my two kids were born. It's the most intense do-or-die, life is on the line, real, 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 real pressure, bro. Like, real. You got to get that baby out now. You know what I mean? And uh, so, incidentally, my wife did tons of mental training for nine months before each child was born. Of course. That's the most intense moment. Like that's the biggest wave ever, dog. Like yeah. the child, the childbirth wave is the biggest wave there is. I know, yeah. If there's a bigger wave, I don't know, and maybe there is, but childbirth is it's electric. It's yeah. like life coming here, you know. So anyway, maybe we learn to ride those waves. We we you learn to ride them because we what we want to do is bail. Ah, get me out! And you gotta learn like let me see if I can ride this wave. And you get better riding the wave knowing if you fall, you got people to help pick you up. That's how big wave surfers do it. They got someone on a jet ski who's like, if you fall, I'm going to come get your ass. We need that in life, right? We need our, we need support. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. I, I love another teaching that stuck with me is um, you talk, we go from, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> this thing and all this to palms down. I can be with oh, this. Maybe. And uh, um, palms together could be a next yeah step. appreciate what you're going through um so yeah that that one is is such a simple and profound teaching that really resonated with me do you have anything that you would like to say about like you know being palms down and then yeah. palms together think just start here if you, this is the normal reaction when something doesn't go your way I mean, we we're talking hoops right like you miss a call and you're like, ah, like what? I, I got fouled. So palms down is basically like, I'm going to choose my response in life. When stuff is going down out of my control, you're going to feel an impulse, a reaction, right? You're going to feel that first impulse to react. And most of the time in life, your freedom is don't do that. Take a breath, choose your response. For whatever reason, our hard wiring is set on self-destruction most of the time. Like if you just react like this, right? Like it's going to be bad. You know what I mean? So Palms down as you go, wait a second, I got this. Let me own this moment. Take a breath. And the third level, Keith, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I haven't even really, barely anyone gets to this level for a while, is I'm so thankful all my stuff came up because now I'm more aware of what I need to let go of, what I've been holding on to. Thank you. That's master level stuff, right? That's like a, that's high level. Most of us is like, ah, okay, shit. I mean, I got this. What did Graham say? Okay, let me find my, like, that's what we're practicing all day, right? Trying this. And eventually you realize, man, when you do get to this level, it's profound. When you're like, I'm so glad I'm aware now because I know what to let go of so I can be more present. Right. And and then you thank the referee for missing that call. (laughs) You know what happens after that? You get all the calls, just so you know. Just so you know, if you can get to that ability, the most profound stuff happens, man. You go, hey, don't worry about that. That won't beat us. Thank you for that. The yeah. ref be like, what? Like, what's happening? The ref come up, hey, sorry about that, Keith. I missed the call. Sorry. You'd be like, dude, don't worry. Get back Get back to the game, ref. Don't think about that. <laughs> most people are like, 
yeah, I, you screwed me. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not how you get calls. Man. Right. It's true. So a lot of people I know would want to hear about the NBA stuff and experience in the NBA. Um, especially a lot of kids talk about confidence and build confidence. And I remember you t- talking about uh, Donovan Mitchell, for example, where he had the green light, but it, he had to build his confidence into just like letting himself go for it fail and, and keep going. So um, how do you build confidence from if you're a youth or, or an NBA yep. player? You work on, you work on two things. You work on trusting your skills in the moment and accepting whatever happens after. So let's say you're coming down, you've missed three shots in a row, right? Normally here's where non-confidence comes in. I don't want to miss anymore. I swing it. Building confidence would be, I feel all the self-doubt. I don't even feel that good. But when the ball comes to me, I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to flick my wrist. And then I'm going to accept whether I airball it, make it. I'm going to coach myself through this moment. And in that moment, that's going to feel hard. That's going to be hard. But you're building confidence. So if you were like, Graham, how do I build muscle? I say, go slap a weight in your hand. Let's get a whole bunch of resistance. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. And then in a little while, watch, you'll build muscle. So to build confidence, you trust and accept in the moment when normally you wouldn't do that. Because if you can trust and accept every moment, that's the pinnacle of what we're talking about, Keith. That's it. I, I trust my game every second. And I totally accept whatever happens. You can't do shit to me. That's supreme confidence. Where someone else goes, oh, I've missed three shots. I'm no longer trusting my game at all. Or I drove hard, got my shot blocked. I'm never doing that again. Building confidence would be, yeah, I'm going to do it one more time. And I might get my shot blocked off the court again. This is going to feel weird, but I'm going to trust my game and I'm going to accept whatever happens. Then you build actual confidence. So it's a willingness to be vulnerable, willingness to be there, willingness to do the right action in the moment, which is trusting your game and accepting. And that's, that's it. If you're willing to do that every time, you become unstoppable. Because, Keith, can anyone stop you from trusting and accepting? No. My head. Just, just yourself. So if you're willing to do that, that's how you build confidence. So don't tell me your confidence comes from someone else believing in you. That's, I mean, that feels good, but that's not really it. Because what if that person stops believing you? You're just going to crumble in that moment? Your confidence is, look, I'm going to trust and accept every time, period. You know, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to see what happens after that. That's supreme confidence. That's what the elite ballers figured out. It's mm-hmm. not about making every shot. They just trust. I'm going to trust. And then acceptance is where all the power comes in. Acceptance goes, I might make or miss or whatever. I'm still going to do it. Or someone else is trying to avoid missing and then trying to make shots. That's not it. That's not, that's not acceptance. So it's trust and acceptance. That's how you build confidence. It'll make you be vulnerable to do that. It'll, it'll require that from you. If you, build, if you wanted to build muscle but told me you didn't want to be uncomfortable, I would be like, well, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to build muscle. But if every day you're willing to be a little vulnerable and trust and accept, we can build confidence because eventually you can go have all kinds of failure happen and you trust and accept every time and you realize you didn't fail at all. The only failure is not trusting and accepting. Let's just say that. Hmm. Go trust and accept and watch what happens. When I tell players, you can always come back. If you don't like trusting and accepting your game, you can always come back to not trusting if you want. But why not go check it out? 
What, what's the worst that could happen if you go check it out? Because you've as soon as you're not trusting and accepting, you're already done, right? You're already done. So what? Why not go try? You are you've already canceled yourself, <laughs> right? So if you trust and accept, the worst thing that could happen is you get canceled. But you've already done that, so you may as well see. And then when you go trust and accept, you already know what happens. <laughs> Ball in, <laughs> right? You start starts happening, man. It's like a, it's like the only guarantee in life. I've yeah. seen bad basketball players trust and accept their game, and they ball out. I've seen right. really good basketball players refuse to trust and accept their game. They look bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's how you build confidence. Just like if you want to build muscle, are you willing to go to the weight room and get a little uncomfortable today? If you're willing to trust and accept in the present and get a little vulnerable, you are building confidence. Because at the end of the day, when you look back and you go, huh, I trusted and accepted every play, you know how you're going to feel? <laughs> fucking strong dog you're gonna be like man that's confidence you're like damn i missed all the shots but i feel strong for some reason and then you're gonna go do it again the next day and trust and accept a little bit more you know how like if you get comfortable doing 15 pound weights you, get, you got you got to do like 20 pound weights you got to keep ex ex expanding how you train so yeah and and when you say you're gonna feel wrong i guess in this instance it would, be, it would you're gonna feel like you, failures don't impact you and you don't you, what, what you're going to realize is those thoughts you had that you were failing are full of shit yeah it's all, it's all just a realization and you go oh man what the hell was i avoiding and that yeah. realization makes you feel badass but you <laughs> cannot have that realization until you go right into what you were avoiding mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. i don't want to miss any more shots no go do it go miss more and go watch what happens it's not what you think you'll end up finding freedom yeah. You think like bad things are going to happen. It's not true at all. Yeah. And if you've never done it before, you can't even argue with me because you've never done it. So since you've never done it, be quiet and do it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't logically argue about something you've never done. Even right. if you're anticipating bad things will happen, you don't know. So go, go see if it's real. And you can always come back and not trust your game for the rest of your life if you don't like it. You can always come back and do that. <laughs> oh i feel a, a question kind of formulating but it's not fully formulated i'm going to kind of uh, try to piece it together but it has to do with um what you were saying about trusting and accepting on the basketball court but then also like trusting and accepting life in in general um that everything's working out for the highest plan. Like there is some type of like faith that um, holds a lot of power when, when you kind of surrender to it, you know, you think about these spiritual figures like Jesus Christ, for example, yeah. most ultimate faith that, you know, everything is, is working out and I'm just here to, here to serve, et cetera. Maybe you, if you could just expand on that idea and how it is helpful or how, you know, yeah. how we, that, well, faith is the evolution of belief, right? So you think about belief. Belief means you don't know. If you have to believe in something, that means you don't know. Like me and you don't have to believe in gravity right now, right? I'm sitting on a chair. If you were like, Graham, do you believe in gravity? I'd be like, Keith, do you not see the evidence? Like, what? Do you, it doesn't matter what I believe. The evidence is everywhere that this is how it is. So you start with what we're talking about and you, you go, Graham's talking about following my heart or something like that. 
You don't have to believe or disbelieve me, but go check it out. Go check it out. And as you start to follow that and you get on your path, your faith increases. And faith is beyond belief. Faith is no matter what, it's working out. I don't even know. I don't need to know how it works out. I just know to be here. It's going to work out. Right? Belief is it has to be a certain way. It better be like that or else. Belief is fragile. Faith is however it is, I'm okay. Mm. Totally, totally different ballpark. Like we, when you're born, you, you're taught to believe in certain things. And it's all based on culturally where you're from. They might tell you God looks like a white guy in the sky with long hair. They might tell you God is something totally different. It's all based on where you're born. And that's all a belief, right? All, relig- all major religions are based on belief, which means they don't know. They don't know where we're from. They don't know where we're going. I'm, o- I'm okay not knowing. So my faith comes from I'm okay not knowing. I know, to, I know to follow that thing and serve, and I know that's okay. I don't have to know anything else. So the better you get at not knowing, Keith, the easier it gets. All great discoveries come from not knowing. If you already knew everything, what's the point of doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? So you have faith in your journey. You have faith to, to trust your path. And as you do that, you start receiving intelligence that it makes it beyond faith. You're like, why the hell would I ever go against this? Mm-hmm. Because you've discovered something. You might have had to believe it was there at first. You might think I'm crazy right now, but go check it out. And then once you find it, you're like, oh, man, there it is. You know? And then you start to stick with it. You stay on your path. So you want to get out of that belief and you want to go explore your beliefs. You're like, is this belief real? What is this? Like, let me go explore it. Let me, let me go check it out. And a lot of times you start uncovering more truth when you go explore beliefs, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that helps at all, but man, that, uh, and, and you've got to look at this. You don't have to, but I look at this life experience as we chose to be here. We're a spiritual being living the human experience. We're here. Let's go explore. Let's go check it out. Go see what you're capable of down here. Go figure out how powerful we are and what, what you're capable of doing. And courage is like paramount, you know what I mean? Like to, to kind of check it out. And we talked about curiosity. As I explored those, I discovered some things, Keith. And as you discover some things, it's way beyond a belief. You're like, I don't need to believe in this. Just like we don't need to believe in gravity. It's so obvious. After a while, this stuff becomes so obvious. You're like, oh, belief, bro. What? I don't have to believe in it. This is how it works. This is the actual mechanics of life. We're talking mechanics. Do you have, why, why would you, you don't have to have faith when you find out how things work? You're like, just, are you going to work it or not? You know? Yeah. 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 It's just kind of like, do you have faith in working out? It's like, dude, I know working out works. What do you mean? Like, do you believe working out? I don't even believe in it. It's just, are you going to commit to it and do it today? That's the only question. So really this just comes out. Are you committed to it or what? That's all. Are you committed? Because what are the great religious leaders talk about devotion? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's all it is. So you, 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 got, you do got to stick with this, you know? And uh, man, the, when you're, the more that you're required to have faith, the more that you're required, you know, through the valley of the shadow of death, that's where you discover it all, dude. That's, mm-hmm. where, the, that's where the magic happens, you know? That's where, that's where you become, aha, oh, I'm not in danger. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. And then, you, you know? Your, your faith, your faith really becomes a commitment after that. You're like, oh, I know how this works. I'm committed to it. Yeah. 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 Right on. 
Well, good talk. Uh, yeah, this was this was great. Thank you so much, <laughs> so much, so Sorry, much. Of course, bro. Um. So so now what for you? Uh, I know you're working train the mind. You're going million, ten million. That's it. Let's get one million youth athletes doing mental training. That's it. I'm fully dedicated. That's all my juice now. I mean, I've, I've been the director of mental training for the Utah Jazz. I've helped a bunch of people get to the NBA. I've, I've done everything in basketball. So I'm like, okay, the mission is now blow this company up, make it a multi-billion dollar company. Because if, if I can do that, I'm helping millions of kids. And that's absolutely my goal. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to serve it. You know, and I'm not going to stop. So once that clarity comes to me, I'm just like, oh, this, this is what we're doing. Nice. And I'm just going to. I'm going to talk it into existence, post it into existence, manifest it, spread it. I mean, you know, it's my life's work, man. And so to, to be able to get it back to kids, that's, that's all I'm doing. And then making music and being with my wife and kids, you know, I mean, I love making music. I love doing that. I love building, training the mind. And then I just, you know, coach people individually, but I don't want to travel. I haven't traveled for a long time. I'm loving that. Like I'm home right now. I can go right to my backyard, hang out or garden or, I've really gotten used to not traveling. So I'm very thankful for that. You know, I basically lived on the road for 10 years. You know, I was like, I was gone, you know, and I'm thankful that I was able to put that foundation down. Now I don't necessarily have to travel. It seems like some crazy stuff going on traveling around, man. You know, oh, yeah. right <laughs> oh, now, dude. not the time, <laughs> but I understand, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but I've, I mean, I've slept on players' floor. I've done the craziest stuff to like make to, in this service the last fifteen years, you know. So I'm, uh, no, I'm just here, Keith, just working, serving, grateful to be connected to you, you know. I'm in uh, moving mindset, right? I wake up, oh, I'm moving mindset today. That's what I'm doing, man. Moving mindset. I want to move it around the world. I want to get right. it to everyone's block, get it to everyone's school, get this stuck in your head. I want this mm -hmm. to be contagious. You know what I mean? This is clean. We we cleaned it. We've cleaned yeah. some real good stuff. So I have yeah. no problem now getting it everywhere. Like no problem at all, you know? Well, um, I'll make sure to post uh, some MVPs and train the mind wow. doctor. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Graham, for being on here. Go on, really. Let's go anytime. Let's do it again. Keep coming, Keith. Keep crushing. Doing all the great work you're doing. You're an incredible teacher, incredible father, incredible mental coach, incredible baller. Like, man, you're incredible, man. So, Seeing you the last several years, just just amazing work. You can see it in your light, see it in your energy. And uh, we walk this walk together, man. That's what we're doing, you know? So let's keep showing up. Let's be where our feet are. Let's keep doing that good work best we can. You know, keep sharing, keep teaching. Kids need this now. So yeah. keep your dojo going. Like, people need this, bro. Keep coming. Yeah, right now. Thank you. Thank you.